Welcome to Nerds in a Half Shell, a podcast by two old bald dudes and a teenage girl. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Esther. It's turtle time. And it is time. We're going to lead off reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five, the beginning of the new story arc, Enemies Old, Enemies New. And so this is chapter one, as Esther always points out, not issue one. But it's issue five in the series. And so we're going to lead off with our turtle grades. And from best to worst, uh, I still don't have a... How about the villain vector? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm workshopping. Um, we're going to yeah. figure this out eventually. <laughs> so the uh, the scale is from best to worst, Shredder, Krang, Karai, Baxter, Stockman, and Rockbop. Esther, what is your villain vector? I don't know. Shredder minus, Krang plus. Liked okay. It. Right. Yes. That's a step up from where you've been given the last couple. Yeah. All right, Sam? I right, say so I went the opposite direction. I gave this like a cry plus, middle of the road. Uh, I feel like this is more of a setup story than like, just setting up a future story. So it wasn't a whole lot of thought going on here. Okay. I'll grant you that. But what is your favorite Turtles comic book of all time? Uh, the Secret History of Foot Clan. Now, would that not also be like flashbacks setting up future stories? Kinda, yeah, you know, we'll get into it. <laughs> I like the flashbacks. <laughs> I like the flashbacks. Don't get me wrong, I, I love this uh, issue. It, it was good. We'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, my grade is a Schrader. I think this is the first truly great issue of this run. Um, knock my socks off. And uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the, some more reasons why that was. But yeah, th- I thought this was, the first four issues were good. They were solid. This one is like, yeah, we're taking things up a notch now. That I, was, stated before, I stated last time, you just got to wait for it to get good. Yeah. Your patience has been rewarded, Esther. Yay. Well, our creator credits are very similar. We were wrong, Sam, about when Dan Duncan leaves the series. Uh, he, he did this uh, second volume as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that as well. Uh, so the story is by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, script by Tom Waltz, art by Dan Duncan, and for issue five, the uh, a favorite of Sam and I, Mateus Santaluco, shows up to do the feudal Japan flashback. That's why that looked so uh, awesome, Sam. Amazing. It's in yeah. my notes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and the colors by are still by Rhonda Patterson, and letters by Sean Lee, and of course published by IDW. Yeah, Mateus. I'd forgotten he showed up this early. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we ready for the breakdown? Oh yeah. You'll notice I didn't say bite size. This was hard to summarize. Yeah, I can see that. This is the supersized summary. Um, Not a bite size breakdown. Uh, So here we go. So Master Splinter is making his way around town and having flashbacks to ancient Japan. I would imagine that wouldn't be uh, super safe. Um, I can imagine falling. Uh, Anyway, back in the sewers, the guys are getting Raph up to speed. Splinter relives the scene in feudal Japan where he refused to follow an evil order from Orokusaki and was declared a traitor. Later, he returned home to find Foot Clan members murdering his wife, Tang Shin. As she dies, she takes him. She asks him to take their sons and flee to safety. Back in the present, we learn that Casey is in danger of getting kicked off the hockey team for low grades. That April posts a sign about offering tutoring in exchange for self-defense lessons. Then, in the past, after 11 years of hiding, Rokusaki and the Foot Clan finally catch up to Yoshi and his sons and execute them. Back in the present, Splitter makes it home and has a nice reunion with the guys. They get new masks, and Raph gets his weapons. 
and Splinter sits them down to explain their past to them. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. All right. All right. I want to go first. Yeah, I want to go first on it. All right, so you you say that Splinter's uh, reliving uh, his flashbacks, all that stuff. But if you actually read the dialogue, don't ever say it's flashback. He says it reminds me of another story from another time. They never really said that was his flashbacks or what's happening. So if you if you went into this not reading this, be- reading this before, so you're, you're getting this old story. You're getting present time Splinter retelling the story so that they don't actually connect those two yet during this. If you go back and actually read it, like for the first time, that's why my grade was a little low because, like I said, they set up a whole bunch of back and forth timeline stuff, but they never connected the two yet. That hasn't happened yet. Well, they did a little bit because the um, when the when the boys are younger in the in feudal Japan, they're all wearing the correct colors. Yeah, I, mean, when, they, they, I was just thinking yeah. reincarnation the entire time. Well, and and then when they're training, they talk about how they feel like we're not, not like we're learning new things, we're like we're honing skills we already had. So I feel like they did yeah. kind of connect the dots already. Uh, they're they're laying the seeds, but they haven't officially done it. Yet. They're leaving you all kinds of clues of what's going to be happening. So right now they're leaving it up to your imagination. They're letting you make your own assumptions, and then reincarnation. The yeah, the reincarnation, all that stuff. But they've never pointed it out exactly yet. They're not saying that yeah. yet. And, that, and that's that is, why I, I gave it. I would say that's just why I gave it a lower score. Oh, you thought too subtle. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Esther. I think you had a connected discussion point you wanted to raise. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought it came to me about a bit after I'd actually read it. But if this is reincarnation, like I hope it is, um, and they are those ages of the kids there. We actually know which of the turtles is the oldest now. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And and it does and it does make them actually teenagers. Yeah. I'm saying so. It, yeah. And this thing though, because like, because like, I know Esther's not read this before, and okay. she's like right now she's 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 guessing she's making assumptions of what it's going to be because they, they've actually never said it yet. But I'm saying they're, they're leaving clues for it. Yeah. Praying for reincarnation. Give me the fanfic plot. <laughs> but so you, you think that this is a fun like change to the story you, you're liking the reincarnation thing Esther. oh very much remember i'm walking here from anime land <laughs> that's true yeah street love anime i mean a lot of manga and watch the anime that's true you're probably this is a, a familiar storytelling to what you're used to yeah okay all right speaking of things they were setting up do you think they're setting up old hob like maybe like a misdirect like or or to make us think that old hob is the reincarnation of Kusaki? Like, like a fuzzy yeah. shredder. You think they were setting no. that up to throw us off? Nope. I don't see him being shredder at all. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't think that 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 was supposed to be the case. But like, they're like you know, Splinter doesn't look like you know Hamato Yoshi, and the boys don't look like you know, you know, especially in Aki's case, cute little you know Japanese <laughs> teenagers. Um, yeah. They look like turtles. You know, I, I, I thought maybe for a second they were trying to like you know give us a juke move and they could make it make us think like is old Hob. Rokusaki, are they doing like a different Shredder thing? Because because when they brought in the reincarnation thing, that that's new to the story. So maybe think like, were they setting that up? I mean, were they trying to make people think that? No, but I think maybe they were trying to. Well, they could be, but I was thinking perhaps that he's some sort of side man to him. 
Okay, like one, one like a like a lieutenant in the foot, ancient foot clan or something. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sam, did you have another one? Yeah, and uh, that's nothing I, I put in here too. Is we're going we're going with the art right now. I okay. love the feudal Japan art, but also I think that the, the the present time art is up to par to it now. So, but you can tell there's a different artist between the two. And I, I I liked how it's it's finally coming together, and I'm just really enjoying the art. Oh yeah, yeah it's I, all coming I, together. Yeah, I want to know what y'all's thoughts were on the the feudal Japan art and stuff. It's a big question. Well, I, I know that you and I have on, on graphic and all have, have both we've raved about Mateo yes. Santaluco. Um, so yeah, like I, I hadn't looked at the credits yet when I was reading the issue, and I was like, this looks like Mateus. Like, yeah, this is really good at like because he's got a way he draws faces, and like and sometimes like even the posture are pretty distinctive to his art style. I'm like, this looks like Mateus. So I went back and looked. I'm like, it is. But as much as we love Mateus, I mean Dan Duncan is like you know matching him you know beat for beat. I mean he's I mean this is the best Dan Duncan has done on the Turtles, and so yeah, I, I was really impressed art wise. Yes, yeah, I also that's... agree. The art was very pretty. Yeah, the art was really good. I I like how the the present time and the feudal Japan time kind of blending them together they're not you know not, not identical but you could separate them from each other but both done really well yeah and and, and duncan and mateus have like complementary styles like yep. it wasn't jarring to go from you know the one artist to the other and, we, and we've definitely griffin all seen some times where it was jarring yeah <laughs> uh all right um it's really enthusiastic what so you so you, you dug the art this time too yeah yeah okay um, now, I, I, you kind of complained in the past about how the turtles look, especially like you weren't you weren't digging it. Do you think Dan Duncan has got the turtles down now? Yeah, they look identifiable. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I know. I think the first issue you thought they were all looked terrible, except for when they were little cute baby turtles. They were all very cute, and they were like that. Yes. All right. Um. Okay. So, did you all like the explanation of the multicolored masks here? Yes. Anyway, else would you wear a mask a certain color if it wasn't your favorite? Right. Yeah, Maybe I, 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 that's something different. Also, I enjoyed the mask thing because uh, that's another one of the hints they had to back to the feudal Japan time because uh, uh, each of the the four boys had their own color too. So. Yeah. I, I like too that like before, like in the original series, they just had red masks because they had red masks. It wasn't like when they all wore the same color the whole time, it wasn't a big deal. But here, like having them show up wearing the red mask was kind of like a nod to the original series, but also yeah. gave it a meaning. They were doing it in honor of Wrath and remembering their, their lost brother. And, the, and then they get like, because if I remember right, the first time they had the multicolored mask was on the car, like the really goofy 80s cartoon. It was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so that, and that was a way to make that like not silly and make it you know a believable thing. Like they're they're a, they're a unit, but they're also individuals inside the unit. I thought I thought it worked really well. I thought it was neat. <laughs> and it does I make like color go to characters. Well, that makes it super easy to identify because they are turtles and they're hard to tell apart. Yeah, which they've tried hard. They they, they look like a slightly different species of turtle. Yeah, they each had their own like little sh- different shade and height and stuff going on for them, but sometimes they still blended together. And I still had a hard time. I like that with the vocal speech patterns. Yeah, they they are they they do speak distinctively, and you know, Mikey's already obsessed with you know food and comic books and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> As every yeah. good teenager should be. <laughs> um, 
All right, so here, here's my last one, and this is kind of a silly one, but when 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 Splinter got back to the sewer dojo and opened up his bag and pulled out some size, I'm like, dude, where are you stealing some size? I'm like, <laughs> just out roaming around. Did he, didn't, I bet he didn't find those in a dumpster. I mean, where did he get those things? He brought them to a museum. That's why he was looking for that roof in the beginning. <laughs> We're talking about like this. Where did he get the rest of the weapons, too? I can imagine he could have made the bow or something, but... And perhaps the nunchucks, if we're stretching this far enough, but he absolutely could not have gotten those swords himself. Could not have made those. Yeah, I just I, when he pulled, I'm like, size. Now, come on, katanas. I got, you know, there are people who collect swords and have like RC swords or stuff they put in their display in their houses, right, Sam? And yeah, they do. Um, but like size, those seem not as common. <laughs> Did he make a request for them or something? Did he go he... online and just go, yo, to a blacksmith or something? Was he breaking into like 10 apartments every night for three months trying to find this kid some size? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Who keeps size in an apartment? <laughs> well, he got them. It's all matters. <laughs> it's kind of like when he pulled them out, I'm like, no, hold on. You're stopping that person as some sort of insurance for this. <laughs> if they're fancy, maybe. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, we probably made him explain it. He would probably say that, like, like when they were looking for Raph, they spotted a dojo, and he went and, you know, like some place where they were teaching people martial arts, and like Splinter went back and got him from there, and and left him like a trade or something on the thing because Splinter wouldn't steal or whatever. But yeah, I'm it was sure just it, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a way to retcon it that he didn't just go around, you know, pillaging New York City looking for signs. <laughs> but <laughs> he is a rat. <laughs> all right you want to give us more words? yeah all right esther what is the best action there wasn't really much action in this but i did like the modern takedowns from splinter well i think you were underestimating the action in this issue i thought on page 14 when a model yoshi comes comes home and takes out tang, tang shin's attackers it's only one page but that is a rage fueled um takedown of the, of those guys i mean that was Very pretty angry. tough too yeah and like i mean there's if they're doing the old um you know bullseye you know to uh what is her name electra you remember when he collected that they couldn't show the the size coming out of her back so they just showed like the shirt moving they completely did that here like he's got yeah. two katanas you know pushing that guy's shirt up in the back i mean it was a pretty pretty tough takedown yeah gruesome yeah and i agree i had the same one and I, I actually done one up. I went to page 13 through 14 because he, he runs in and he does his devil. He goes, screams devils and then he attacks. And Mateus is so good at that. I mean, yeah. he, he's got, I think there's some manga influence with Mateus because he's he does that sort of over the top, you know, intense emotion thing really mm-hmm. well. All right, well, our next award is the Turtle Talk section. And I'm going to go with, um, we already talked about it a little bit in the uh, discussion section. But it's on page 23, and it's when he's handed the mask out. And I thought he, I thought he explained it pretty well, especially for something that was just a, a dumb a dumb thing for kids in the 80s. Um, so he's he's opening the backpack, um, his his th- thief bag. Um, as the three of you searched so diligently for Raphael, you each wore the color that was always his favorite, a constant reminder of who it was we so urgently sought. Now that it has been returned to us, it is time for each of you to display your true selves. We are a clan. Yet we are all individuals, possessed of unique qualities that should never be forgotten. 
Please accept these gifts as gratitude from a very proud father. And he hands out the their unique masks. I thought it was cool. That was well put. Yeah, it was. Also like that, but include the sides part with Raph at the end there too. Yeah. Was that was that your same dialogue? Yeah, same part, but include Raph's bit too. Okay. Yeah, that that was good. Yeah. Well, I have something different. So okay. I, I went with page fifteen and a little bit of sixteen, and it's uh when she's dying and she's talking to Yoshi, and she tells says, "I see the desire for vengeance in your eyes, husband. Please, for me." Think only of our sons. But Shin, Shaki must pay, must be made to pay for the, you know, then she gets matched. No, husband, that is not my wish. Take your, our sons, our babies, and flee away from here. Hide them, keep them safe for me. And it was my love. And he goes, no. He says no to her. And then, uh, he goes, him said no. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He said no. And then uh, it goes on for a little bit and he says that uh, Saki deserves to die today, but but it says, no, today we will honor your mother's final wish and we will escape to safety. I, I just like that whole thing. That that was good. But my, my favorite thing from that page is on uh, page uh, 15, panel three, where, um, where we realize that Raphael is secretly Diagoro from Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Looks just like him. <laughs> Right. I just like uh, to make that promise, even though he was he was so yeah. mad and upset. And he kept his promise for a long time. It was eleven years before they got you know were discovered. All right, uh, Sam, what was your favorite panel? I have two. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, page twenty and panel five. It's the Rugusaki. He's so good at that stuff, man. No, you're right. The Shredder with all the Foot Clan behind him, right? Right as they discovered him. Yep, I like that one. So good. I like the last panel. Uh, We're all gathering around Splinter. Yeah, that's my other one. On twenty six. Yeah. Sure. That's mine. And that I I didn't realize this was was a Christmas issue. I probably should have. He's giving (laughs) presents all over the place, but um, yeah, Santa Splinter there. I mean. It's a good panel, and the way the the red uh, masks are draped over that table, it's just it's a really cool looking page. Yeah, yeah that was that was mine too. All right, um, Esther, who's your turtle of the week? It isn't a turtle this time. Remember what? I asked about this earlier. I know I was going to be cool. It's actually, rat of, the week. <laughs> <laughs> rat of the week. <laughs> so you're going with Splinter? Yes. All right. Um. Well, I cheated too. That was Splinter as well. <laughs> I should have cheated, but uh, he is the best character of the week. <laughs> but I still picked a turtle because that's that's kind of our our reward is the turtle of the week. And I, I picked I, I picked Mikey because I feel like he was starting to show his own individual individual his own personality. I get it out. <laughs> yeah, I switched the word personality. I, I feel like he was showing his his own personality more. This one, like he's separating himself further from the other turtles. Fix who he really is. Like talking about the, he's tired of training and he wants to read comics, sneak pizza and stuff. You already see he's starting to turn into the the, the goofy one, the funny one. Yeah, I, 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 that's that really surprised me. I'd forgotten how slowly they they let that develop, like, that they develop yep. their own personalities. Not, that was that's that's really well done. Yeah. The only one that's that really comes out fully formed is Splinter, and it, because he's got full memories of the past already. 
and the rest of them are slowly coming. I mean, it's 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 really well done. All right, well, I think we're done. Um, uh, sometimes we hammer on things on graphically novel. We're done bragging on uh, number five here, but this is the first time that the side stories come in, and all along the IDW series, there've been a like, you know, almost constant uh, mini series, and even for what about a year and a half. A complete second book, a secondary yeah. book. That's when TMNT Universe starts. Um, but this is the very first one. This is the TMNT micro series. And so next week we will be reviewing micro. Uh, what's the exact title? Um, I think it's TMNT micro series. Yeah, it's just micro series, and it's and it's the number one issue. And it's about Raph. I'm the turtle is going to be. Never easier, Casey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> him another week <laughs> all right well, i think we're done here all right see ya bye later cowabunga